Welcome to a new episode of Coca Copala. My first subject this episode Did the Empire ever have a HR department on sites like the Death Star, Scarif? Was the actual HR officers, actual ISB agents, just planted to make sure any murmurings of discontent were quickly stamped upon? I know Darth Vader was the ultimate sort of HR officer uh, who hired and fired officers literally on the, on the spot, but surely the day-to-day running of the Empire was down to more mundane efforts, uh, especially on some more far-out out, uh, installations like, 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 for instance, Tatooine, or like garrisons like that. Surely downtime would have been a bit more... Uh, mundane for, for the for the troopers and that and probably imperial scrutiny wasn't as probably as much back then but probably only as the population was uh probably under control and imperial uh, eyes really weren't really put, put under that much scrutiny uh probably largest larger installations uh more care was taken to make sure that uh Efforts were taken for the up for troopers and that to be in line. Uh, I'm sure during the Clone Wars, uh, you know, the clones didn't really have a, that sort of uh, operation for it. Uh, you know, they were sort of it was inbred in them to be take orders and that sort of thing. So I think when the Empire uh, came along uh, and normal recruiting efforts were made, they surely would have uh, got more people to, to, you know, to get more proper scrutiny on on the troopers and that. That's my thoughts on Empire H, HR departments. Uh, next up, probably HR, uh, Empire Catering Systems. Next item on the agenda is the Imperial Attack Base playset. From the 1980 Empire Strikes Back toy range. The concept of this playset was a weird one to begin with, as the Imperials never had an actual attack base, as they actually did strike from Star Destroyers, or come down from Star Destroyers, and attack off with attack walkers. Uh, the design of the base was pretty basic for a playset back then, but still had some good playability features. Uh, I think the spirit of Jyn Erso was still had uh, conjured up into the designers of Kenner with the collapsible bridge and the uh, the mine on the actual playset. Uh, a really good box art as well as of, of uh, Imperial troopers defending the base with Darth Vader and rebels surrounding it. Uh, the playability factor of it was really good as well. Uh, good battles from uh, probably as a kid with a uh, your, your heroes trying to attack the base and take it over. And of course, nowadays you could always switch it around and have the rebels uh, manning the base and the Imperials attacking it. All in all, a really good playset. It was a, uh, a highly grail of mine for a few years after I found out about it, uh, probably in the late 2000s. Uh, I finally got the actual playset from Harvest From in Ford and Bridge a few years ago for a good price. So, a good... Uh, a hurly-growled 
ticked off from my uh, collection point and I think I only got one left now which is the Darth Vader Star Destroyer. So my next segment is my character focus segment. It sort of blends into uh, action figures. This episode is Bib Fortuna from Return of the Jedi. Uh, I saw this figure quite early on in 1983 before the film's release. Uh, the card back as well as the figure really uh, stood out to me. Kenner always did a great job of picking great pictures of their secondary characters from the movies that really sort of drew you in. Uh, this was before I knew anything about uh, what role Bib Fortuna played or how large a role. And just the actual striking image of him really stood out to me. I did get the figure eventually as a kid and it was a really great figure, uh, great design of it, it's really how the kind of figures have evolved since the first 12 then to 1983, it was quite striking, uh, yeah so a uh, really good figure. Uh. And now a fun chat with Anthony, Rural Farm Boy on Twitter. Hi, Anthony. Yeah, here we go. How do, Neil? How do? Are you okay? I'm doing very well. Good. How's your Sunday? My Sunday's going well. How about yours? Little warm. Looks like rain. We're about eighty degrees right now, and I'm wow. um, I'm sitting in my little apartment on the second floor. And yeah, it's it's pretty warm in here, but doing well. Oh, good. It's breezy where I am. It's not too bad. Uh, so weather-wise, it's doing all right. Oh, I recall hearing over what was it this past week? It sounded like it was pretty sweltery over there for you and folks. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's cooled down a little bit over the weekend though. Good. Well, we got no news again. Yeah, <laughs> I've, and, uh, I've got some questions or to, you know, to start it off for you if you want. Certainly, certainly. Let's do this. Right. Uh, what in Star Wars is still a mystery to you? It's still a mystery. Now that is a great question. Oh. Firstly would have to be the force. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I hope it goes and stays that way. Cause with been going on for 42 years with each next new story that we've been told, we learn a little bit more, just a little bit more about it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I think we might get a bit more with the uh, Skywalker probably. Very likely. Um, another thing that would be a mystery, even though we got a good portion of his story, would be Yoda. Yes, definitely. Uh, I would like that to stay a mystery, really. Mm-hmm. There's great many things that I think that's exactly how, I'm hoping that's exactly how Lucasfilm is going to go and play it, is... Yeah. That's what makes this whole big grand story so much fun, is there's a lot of mystery to it. We don't have to be told everything. Yeah. 
Hmm, what else would be a mystery? Drawing a blank at the moment beyond them too. Okay, uh, I'll try another one. Uh, what would you prefer to go to, the cantina or Dex's diner? Hmm. Well, I got a tendency to sip whiskey every now and again. And if I'm doing it, I'm doing that at home. Uh, canteen is not for me. It's just like out there, outside my, my living room windows. Well, actually, I got a set of French doors in the living room. Outside there, folks, like goes bar hopping and stuff, and that's never been me. Yeah. So, nope, I guess I'm going to Dex's Diner. All right. And he better oh. have biscuits and gravy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he would certainly be serving Jedi, wouldn't he? Uh, so, uh, but he gets a few uh, Jedi in, probably. Uh, I wonder what would happen after the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Would probably it been closed down, or would it be removed? Hmm. I wouldn't think any reason why he'd have had to go closed down. Uh, I, just, I just thought that uh, word might have got to the Empire that Jedi do frequent his establishment. Well, now that just got interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they would have probably done one in there and closed him down. Hopefully he would have relocated or something, you know, uh, gone to the Outer Rim or something, you know, and started up again, you know. Somewhere else off-world, sure. Galaxy's a big place. Yeah. Why don't they uh, put it on Batu or something in the future? Well, the way they got that set up, that after some time, so we're, so we're understanding... Um, they can go and fix that for any other time in this great big story. And maybe do something with it with a story that's yet to be told. Yeah. So they open to being uh, open-ended, isn't it? So that's sort of ongoing, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's very big and wide. Yes. It can be a, a great many things. Yeah. Any questions you want to ask me? Hmm. If I did have any, well, you answered them to Pete a couple of days ago. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that was a lot of fun. That, I mean, I'm glad you took him up on it. Because I seen when he was asking you, and I thought, oh, please, Neil, please do this. Because, <laughs> yeah, now what other folks, if they ain't heard you listen to your show, and I'm taking it when I found you in this here anchor, that little purple dot that has the number in it, that's the number of listeners you got? Is that how yeah. I understand that? Yeah. Yeah, you're picking up. Doing good. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> yeah, I'm certainly not on the uh, like the bigger known, well-known uh, Star Wars podcast on that spectrum, but I'm hopefully uh, found my own little niche. Yeah, and... We'll see what happens. We could, you could put this one out there and all the rest of our friends find out we're talking. 
I think that might blow it up a little bit more. I did listen to your interview with uh, um, my Star Wars Life debt. You sent the link yesterday, and I did I listened to that uh, yesterday evening. I finished it this morning. That was a really great interview. I really enjoyed it. That didn't go exactly the way I was hoping it would. It kind of started to, because when Johnny got a hold of me, yeah. I had got... I had got home from work. We were kind of DMing messages back and forth. And he started asking me questions. And he's like, I can't remember what the question was. And I, he said he was going to be making a show. And I said, well, instead of me sending you a voice message about it, why don't I just come on the show and talk to you about it? And he went straight into the stratosphere with that. <laughs> Yeah, and that just tickled me. So yeah. by the time he was all set, it was probably about midnight Yunz's time over there. Yeah. And about seven, seven in the evening for me. And we got to talking, and as we're talking and carrying on, I reached up on a little shelf up here and grabbed me a bottle of apple brandy. And the further away we went talking, the happier I got. <laughs> and then when I got to work the next day and he put done put that episode up. And I went and gave a listen. And I thought, all right, next time I go on a show with somebody, Apple Brandy staying up there on the shelf. <laughs> not, do, not doing that anymore. So I was, I was a tad bit disappointed in myself for that. But that was on me and nobody else. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was, a, it was a fun interview, though. I still, I still enjoyed it, though. Uh, oh, I do got a question for you that Pete didn't ask you. How long, how long have you been listening to Star Wars podcasts? I started in 2012, probably. Just after the uh, Disney announcement. That's I, probably about the same time. I think I was about 2011. Yeah, I, after that announcement, I just binge listened to practically every Star Wars podcast there was and, uh, Anything you could find, just like me. Yeah, uh, I think ones I listened to most were Star Wars Report. Uh, oh, Riley, yeah. He's been yeah. going for a long, long, long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Coffee Station. They were in my playlist for a time, and then I kind of fell out of favor with them. Something about the way that Nancy was, what did she do? I haven't listened to a while. I've listened to them for a while. No, my playlist has changed quite a bit. And there's been some others that just not my taste in. And some of them sound like purposeful in what they're doing. Like there's a show out there right now that I don't give much acknowledgement to in the Twitterverse because of the way they were just stirring up some little bit of stuff yesterday. And I'm not going to go, I'll not name them if this is going to go on there because I'll just let them do their thing. <clears throat> that's one I'm not for putting them down. I'm like, if that's yeah. what you want to go and do. Like, there is one I will go and say that I accidentally kind of stirred up some stuff a couple months back. Um, yeah, Rebel Force Radio. I was longtime listener of theirs. And then I don't know what they're doing, but... They took a complete 180-degree turn, and 
they found their way out of my playlist and they got a low rating review from me because of it. And they're still, I'll go give a listen every now and again, just to see what they're up to. And they're, they're kind of staying in their little corner of the yard. They weren't for a while. They were really making a mess of things, but now they, they learned to stay in their own place. And there's some other, there's some other shows out there, new ones that are doing starting to trying to stir stuff up that I'm not fond of. Yeah. Well, it was like a podcast to really sort of focus on what they love about Star Wars and just, you know, leave all the criticism and all that to, you know, your own personal taste, really, you know, just, Uh you know, it makes a more fun listen to everyone. It's probably more fun experience recording, probably, you know, just carrying on every episode, you know, just bleating about something, just probably wouldn't be fun after a while. That's what I've been going and doing lately. That's why a lot of folks are taking notice, because it's really, it's really, really easy to do what you and I both go and do. You just click right up a few words, and you push a little button that says send, or click a heart, or click a retweet, and then all of a sudden, everybody gets it everywhere. So just like these few, there's a bunch of new shows. What Scotty Jero and, and Jerry's doing, the Bomb Badcast. Yeah. Yeah, before they was even out, I was running them all over the place just because in the Twitterverse, it is so easy to do. And then before they recorded, or when they said they was recording, I thought, you know what? I'm going to send them a voicemail because I try to send voicemails every which way I can. Yeah. And they were totally blown away. And who's another new show? Hyperspace Hangout. There's but, them, the Living Living Force podcast. They're goofy, but they're great. And they're smart. They're very smart, but they have a lot of fun. Yeah, I go, if I see new shows out there and give them a listen and they sound good, I'll run them all over the place. And all of a sudden, they get all these other listeners. And I apparently got this reputation for if I like a show and I go and say all these other folks out there are like, well, you better go ahead and give a listen to this because Royal Farm Boy said so. <laughs> And I'll, I'm I'm just totally yeah. blown away by that because I'm like all I did was just I retweeted a thing or I said a nice thing, and yeah, it works that easy. Yeah, well, I certainly, if I see a tweet of yours saying about a certain show and you like it, I'll certainly give it a listen. You know. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to be doing that nowadays, and I'm just like, all I'm doing is listening and sharing. <laughs> Well, you do a great job of it. You know, you're always a great supporter of all these, all these podcasts. You know, uh, I certainly subscribe to too many, really. But mm-hmm. uh, I was tr- I have trouble keeping up with all of them, really. But I don't like really taking some off my uh, podcast feed. But you know, it's still I have my certain favourites. I always, you know, listen to as soon as they drop. Another was I'll try and catch up throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, there's a bunch of the regulars that are some of the more well-known ones. And that's one of the fun things is when you see me go and post up, like it's a Monday morning and I'll get up and I'll come out here in my kitchen and turn my radio on and plug in my old iPod. And that's my playlist. Whatever I, whatever I put up that I'm listening to, that's what I'm listening to. Or the ones that I have 
lined up that day that just loaded from whatever was left over from yesterday. Yeah. Whatever I put up, that's who I'm listening to. And like I told, who was it? I told that to see, I tell so many people and send so many people things. I don't remember who I told what (laughs) (laughs) is I'll go and say, just like, that's, that's what they're doing. Like what we're doing is folks sit down behind a microphone and do some talking and then they go put it out and hope and wonder is folks listening? Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm here to tell them you're doing, and I want to let you know you got listeners. Yeah. And that just makes the whole thing go around and makes a lot of people happy, and we're all happy in this together, just like what I, what I tell Pete and Josh on Jam Transmissions. And I just run that around yesterday. If we're all in this fandom together, then let's all be together in this fandom. Yeah. And we most certainly are. A whole, whole lot of us. Oh, certainly are. Yep, and it's going to stay that way. Yeah. I know you're originally tri- uh, an original Trinity fan. Uh, you grew up yep. then. Uh, I am too. I saw Star Wars in uh, late spring, early summer, 78. Uh, Mm-hmm. What was your sort of first impressions of Star Wars? Hmm. Well, I know I got three years on you. You're you're fifty just now, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I will be fifty three in October. For me, all right. And I told this story on a couple other shows, but we could do that again. Um. Yeah, it was the boys from Hyperspace Hangout. They like. They like having, they want to know what your origin story is. So hunt them fellers up and give them a listen and send them one for you. Because I know if they see, they see that it's you and you send them a voicemail, yeah, that'll, that'll get them riled up in a good way. But for me, all right, I live where I live now. I'm three counties west of where I grew up at. So I'm about, and I grew up like my handle I grew up on a little one acre farm and had believe it or not you can fit a lot of animals on one acre so that's me grew up outside outside of a little town over here in western Pennsylvania called Rochester and that's what I was I was a rural farm boy yeah um and I was 10 years old and I can remember it being I wasn't, I was just a, folks didn't know what geeky or nerdy was in that days, in them days. Um, I was about 10 years old. I can remember it being later summer of 77. And a couple teenage girls crossed, crossed away from us, used to come over and watch us, me and my brother, who's four years younger than me, and got to be pretty good friends with my mom and my stepdad. And when all this excitement was going on, when Star Wars was put out, they come over and they asked my mom, they like, can we take the boys up to the theater, to cinema and show them this, this movie? And she's like, yeah. So I went. And as years went, Neil, things, memories tend to get fuzzier. But what I do remember of it, and we went and got to see from start to finish, and I don't really remember, I remember it was still packed. 
Yeah. It had to be had to be August, so it was still hot, and it was right before right before school started. I the the one memory of it, the scene on the screen that stuck out to me, and still to this day, is when the Tandy Four is being boarded, and stormtroopers are just blasting their way down that corridor. Yeah. That that whole thing, yeah, I can still see that in my head. I don't remember. I remember that I didn't remember what Darth Vader's name was. And he didn't stick to me immediately, not till after later on, after school started. Over here, in the fall, uh, television channels, stations would be showing previews of what all the new cartoons coming up for the fall was on Saturday mornings. Yeah. And on one of them shows, it was a CBS show, I remember that specifically. One of them shows, Darth Vader made an appearance, and I happened to be watching in the evening after I had finished my homework and my chores and I saw him and I was just mesmerized so I can remember going to school the next few weeks after that and I would go to the the principal's office because we would be able to get free book covers for our our school books and I'd turn them inside out so that it was nothing plain blank white and I would be drawing little stick figure tie fighters and x-wings and darth vader helmets all over the place and i couldn't remember what his name was so i'm running around asking all these other people and they're like oh him that's darth vader and then i had to go and write it down and then from then on yeah that that was loved luke han didn't really do anything for me but darth vader was just yeah that was my my go-to character yeah i think my go-to characters were unusually for me uh like you, that, that scene at the start with on the Tantive before, which mm-hmm. uh, my favorite characters were uh, Rebel Fleet Troopers and Stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. The sort of first things I saw, uh, all the other you know, the main characters, you know, all great, but for some reason they sort of stuck to me. And also, had a, a reason about uh, you know, the trading cards that come out, mm-hmm. uh, the, the like, top trading cards, yeah. Yeah, the blue one, uh, the mm-hmm. blue set. One of them trading cards, I think it was number nine, had a, a picture of uh, uh, inside the Tantive Four in the corridor and with the Rebel Fleet Troopers and the Stormtrooper. He's in, they caught him in mid-motion of flying, going backwards after being shot. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember trying to try and get <laughs> that card. I did eventually get it. Uh, but, where I lived, I lived in a very small uh, seaside town in southern UK back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting Star Wars stuff was pretty difficult. You know, it wasn't a big town, so you know, my sort of collecting was sort of sporadic. You know? Now I take it that you collected them cards. Yes. How did you go about doing that? There was a. How do you call it? It was like a, a mum and pup shop in, in my town that had that sold newspapers, uh, uh, magazines, and that, you know, very basic back then. And they had uh, those cards uh, out on, on the countertop. They were about for about five pence or something UK money back then. Mm-hmm. I, used to, I used to get them uh, probably after school. I probably, it was quite a way from where I, my school was to go back downtown to where my parents were and on the way I'd always stop on that shop and get a packet of those uh, trading cards or a couple of them. 
see, I got, I'd done that pretty similar. We lived about, what did I say it was? About two, two and a half miles. So when did I start going and getting them? I started venturing on my own on just a bicycle. And I had a couple, it's very hilly over here in Western Pennsylvania. It, it runs clean till you hit the Appalachian Mountains. It's just row after row after row of hills up and down. Yeah. And that's, that's what I would do. I'd get on my bike and I would ride down into town, just on the outskirts of town. There was a little, yeah, just same as you, little mom and pop convenience store that just sold oh, little bits of everything. Yeah. Bread, bread, snacks, food, chips, newspapers. And yeah, uh, after school, there would be times... I would find a different way home and I would walk over to that store. And that's how I, some, somebody had told me, or I found out, I can't remember how I found out, but they were selling them trading cards. So on the weekends, like on a Saturday, I would take whatever little bit of money I could scrounge up. And they were about 25 cents a pack, as I recall. Yeah. And I would take and ride down into town and get as many packs as I could get and then ride back home and then just keep doing that every Saturday until they quit quit carrying them and they had to wait three years for empire strikes back to come out. And then that went on the same way yeah. and I'd get doubles and triples and quadruples until I eventually had all of them. First it was the blue ones. And then it was what I can't remember the <coughs> order they went, they went red and then they had orange and green. Yeah. I had all of them. Yeah. I think I already, I only collected the blue ones for some reason. They didn't have all the other sets. I think it's just for where I lived, you know, they just didn't have a basic amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about four years ago, uh, I found uh, my parents used to go to an auction house, a uh, very small one. And mm-hmm. one of the lots was some Star Wars stuff. And in that lot was a big red folder full of all of them. It was like every set, all in immaculate condition, all in, a, you know, or, you know, just prime pristine, and I. Wow. I went home again. Uh, I had to. I think I had to go to work that day, and told my dad because he usually went down on a Tuesday to bid for stuff if he liked it, and he went down there and he got it for about. Oh, I think he got it for about fifteen pounds, which is about probably about twenty dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was part of a set. It was full of other stuff we like. Uh, just. Some pretty cool things, Phantom Man stuff, but this was like, you know, I was just amazed that I actually got this thing for about as little as I did. And I still got it down in my room, quite a, quite a place. You know, just pretty really good set to look at. <laughs> now, this is going to put me to ask this because does that, does that binder rest in your collection here and now? Yeah. <laughs> good on you for that. Now, my whole collection, I had a bunch of stuff including all my original action figures. Yeah, fell to a very unfortunate reason why I ain't got them anymore. Uh, and that's not the prettiest story to tell. And it's one I ain't told anybody yet. But the way of the world, when I was previously married, and it was about 10 years ago now, yeah, my ex found a way... She just didn't want to be together anymore and had found a way to kind of get me out of my own house, 
with promises that we could still work stuff out. And she eventually took my entire collection from me and I never got it back. Ooh. Yeah, it got really, I got pretty sideways over it and it just weren't to be. But my girls tell me that they have seen my original action figures. They got them in their room. And I said, well, it's not something I really need to have back because they're eventually going to be yours anyway. So as long as they're <laughs> somewhere within your possession, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I collect more memories now than anything else. And having most of that collection now wouldn't fit my sort of, I guess you would say, lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, I got rid of most of my collection when uh, I moved house in 1984. I still remember I had a box of action figures. I had a load of car backs as well. And I think when we moved, my mum asked me if I wanted it. And I said, no, get rid of it. Really. The only <clears> thing <throat> we ever kept, some bed sheets and a fellow kit, which he got in 1979, the star was on it as well. And... That's the only thing I've got from my childhood that I still got. This put me to another question. While you were making mention of your love of rebel soldiers, yeah. you got it. You got an interest in military history in any way, shape, or form? Oh, it was only like, uh, like I. I think back then it was uh, not wasn't well. For, it was GI Joe for you and Action Man for us over in the UK. Uh, okay. Yeah. Big, uh, but really, the Action Man were really like tall, twelve-inch figures uh, over here, and uh, it was sort of basic interest. But uh, beyond that, it wasn't really any specific military. Uh, you weren't. You weren't one for sitting and watching war movies and the like. A little bit of that. It was just probably because uh, Star Wars is just so different from what I used to see, and you know, just mm -hmm. probably uh, struck me more than anything. Really, you know, just a sort of a sort of thing. Really, there wasn't any great interest in military stuff. Really, yeah. For me, I did have. I used to get sitting. My stepdad was always watching. Dirty Harry and John Wayne movies, and they were mostly always cowboy movies and stuff. But every now and again, a World War II movie would come on, like The Longest Day or something like that. And that got me kind of hooked into watching, and I ended up getting a little black and white TV'd up in my room, and I would get, I would be recording, like, the Rat Patrol. I would take a cassette recorder and record all the different war sound effects and stuff off of it. And eventually, after I graduated high school, there was a local American Civil War reenactment group where I grew up at. And I saw them at one of our local county parks. And that just had me all wonder, which eventually got me into Civil War reenacting yeah. for a long time. So, yeah, military history stuff. That's what got me after I found out that there was, uh, I think it was the special editions was coming out in 97. Yeah. yeah, it was around there. That's, yeah. when, that's when Alvin Johnson and his friends were first starting to make what would end up being the 501st Legion. And probably 
was that a handful of years, five five years or so after that, when it was starting to get big, I ended up making a, a Royal Guard costume and got into my local garrison. And that was a lot of fun, trooping all over the place and doing the hospital visits and things that we did. Yeah. Yeah, that eventually ended up going away in my collection, too, because I had about six or seven different costumes, and that all went away, too. <laughs> but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Uh, I have another question for you. Uh, yes, sir? If you won the jackpot on Canto Bright, what would you buy in the Star Wars universe as a Star Wars citizen? <laughs> This would be, I'm going to take this in relation to how yesterday Jeff Keltz was running around like he does every Saturday, Star Destroyer Saturday, and tags a bunch of people. And I told him, I'm like, that's my favorite Star Wars ship. So, yeah, I would go buy an, an ISD, Imperial Class, yeah. Imperial One Class Star Destroyer. That's what I'd go buy. You'll be a modern-day Crimson Jack for the <laughs> Yeah, that's what, uh, after me and him kind of had a little couple minutes back and forth on Twitter, Jeff, and he, he said, if Pete Fletcher was to ask me, you know, what yeah. ship or vehicle would you most want to own? That That's my answer right there. Imperial Class Star Destroyer. I would like to, uh, what ship? The vehicle I would like to own was a race speeder from The Force Awakens. Oh, that's a fast thing. You think you'd be able to handle that? I probably would, yeah. Just, <laughs> it was probably the only thing from that first sort of teaser that really struck out at me, really. I, when all the toys came out uh, on that year in I think September, I, over in the UK, pretty not very good for getting our toys you know and had to wait ages for them uh, eventually I had to go on eBay and get that speeder there's anything I really wanted really I did get a load of figures but yeah that speeder was the only thing I really wanted from the Force Awakens hmm. oh let me hit you with a quick trivia question okay. in relation in relation to that speeder when we are first introduced to Ray at the beginning of that story, she's in a Star Destroyer. Which yeah. Star Destroyer is that? That one has a specific name and is related to a story. You know which one it is? It's Ray to the, uh, the Aftermath. No, uh, Lost Stars. That a boy. There you go. It's the Inflictor. That's the Reese ship. Yeah. I can't remember the name, but I, yeah, I know he's got stars now, yeah. I like pulling them every now and again. <clears throat> that is a really good oh. book, isn't it? I love that story, and that's one, when I got my girls, I have them every other weekend. When that story came out and I got a hold of the audiobook and listened to it, I thought, this is something they might really enjoy. So we sat down, and over the, the two and a half days I had them, we did that, what was it, 13-long, hour-long story? Yeah, they loved it. So 
when I run short on podcasts to listen to, and they sit and listen to podcasts with me too. Uh, I'll ask, I'll, I'll say, well, I got a new audio book. You want to listen to an audio book? And I don't never nearly get my own pick because the first thing they tell me is put on Lost Stars, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for some reason, Aftermath got all the uh, publicity and love and sort of Lost Stars got really sort of uh, forgotten about really when it was released. But that, that really was the book that, you know, Aftermath was all right, but that was a really book that, you know, really good for that year and Cordy mm-hmm. Gray, you know she doesn't write a bad Star Wars book does she no she knows how to tell Star Wars stories she really and what helps is she's a fan same as we are yeah everybody doesn't matter what format the story takes form in everybody that has hands in telling us these stories they're all fans just like us lucasfilm is comprised of nothing but fans like us yeah they, they just know how to tell and make really good stories there yeah. ain't been a bad story yet huh? and there's one coming oh well, yeah it's definitely gonna one. be really good too yeah i'm can't wait for that one i'm just hoping for some folks that's packing their own bags if you take my meaning I hope they know how to go and put them bags down when they go sit down in that theater. Yeah. You know which ones I'm talking about, the ones that are sideways because they think it should go this way or that way or this person should say this or do this or go there. They got to realize they ain't never been your stories. It's always been somebody telling you a story. It ain't for any of us to say how something should go because if you think that, then realize that you're getting in your own way. It's you doing it to you. It ain't somebody else doing it to you. Yeah, I've never been really one for expectations on things. Uh, I never had my own theories about what you know what Star Wars is going to be. Uh, I just... No, because you realize it ain't yours. No. <laughs> though, though we love it so much, so many of us do. We there's a a number, a whole bunch of us that know. It's not really ours. You can love it all you want, but it's not yours to yeah. say how it should be. If you want to do that, then go make a story. Yeah. And yes, yeah, some, some silliness is coming that will ensue for no good reason whatsoever. And those are folks I'm paying them no mind. Ain't yeah. got time. Ain't got time for that. No, <laughs> we no. got too many other good things to go and do. Yeah. Certainly. What, what else are you looking forward to Star Wars wise coming in the future? Hmm. I'm going to go with Devin. What Devin says. I'm Devin Clapper. Yeah. I'm Mandalorian because it's going to be not only just a new Star Wars story, but it's going to be told in a way that we ain't ever had. We had one time, and it counts for me, that we've been told on television was well for us over here it was three things it was the holiday special and the two ewok movies because they i don't recall them being in theaters over here yeah they they were on television yeah and that's the only time we've ever had star wars new star wars stories told on television so yeah mandalorian for sure because 
the only things we know is what, what we was shown at celebration. And I did get to see that it, I was, I took the vacation day off for the entire time that you were over here in, in Chicago. Yeah. I was sitting here in front of my laptop with that live stream going. And after that panel ended, it didn't take but five minutes, Neil. And that footage was on YouTube. <laughs> so I went and hunted it up. Yeah, somebody in the Twitterverse, one of our friends in the Twitterverse, put a link up about it. Hey, look, here's this right here. So I went and opened up a new window on the laptop and looked it up. And I got to see what, what everybody in the room got to see, too. So just that little bit. Yeah, what is this? Because I want to know this story. And we'll get there. We'll get there. November will come eventually. Yeah. It's it's summertime right now. And I've been waiting seven months for everything to be nice and green. And it's green right now. And I don't want that green to go away. Because when it goes away, it's going to be cold. And the whole landscape's going to look like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> but I am ready for new Star Wars. So when November gets here, it'll get here. I'm just not in a hurry yet. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get Disney Plus in UK I hope not too soon afterwards, you know. I hope you, I hope you get it about the same time we do. There's no no call for two months later. Yeah. That that's not right. Well, usually gets we get uh, a TV series like Rebels and uh, Resistance. We usually get a bit later than you uh, for some reason. Yeah, some reason I don't understand why. With all this stuff we can do with technology. In an instant, what's it's got to be something to do with business, the business side of it, which is something we're all on the other side of that big, tall, long wall. We don't get to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. And maybe it's good we don't. We don't need to. Yeah. I think, I think there was a clip I saw from Celebration Europe in 2016, and they had a... a, a, a Kerry Hart and somebody else on with a, they were on the Star Wars show on the stage and they said something about that what you're seeing now is, your, is what you're seeing but we're working on stuff that are three or four years down the line you know and we're mm -hmm. working that way so what you're seeing now with Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian coming up you know they're working on stuff that's probably three or four years ahead of us always so actually take that let's let's blow that up a little bit bigger and how i'm meaning that is lucasfilm been doing that since 2012 when they got new ownership that's when Force Awakens was being worked on. Solo was being talked about at the same time. And as I recall, that's when John Knoll was tossing around the idea of Rogue yeah. One. So three different stories. There's always been three or four different things all going on at the same time. And that started back then and led us up to now. So we know what's coming now. What else are they working on that we ain't been told about yet? Yeah. Think about that one for a minute. Yeah, certainly might get 
an announcement or two for Celebration Anaheim, probably. Very likely, because Jason Ward's got a hold of a couple things that he ain't put up on MSW site as news, but his last show that him and Randy did, and only a couple other podcasts been talking about this, not many other folks are talking about this, is he got hold of information that Mr. Filoni and Mr. Favreau are in cahoots together with another new animated show. And the other news he was talking about is in regards to whatever the show's going to be about Cassie and Andor, that apparently Gareth Edwards is involved with that. Hmm. Yeah, I heard, I heard that this past week. And only a couple other folks on other shows are talking about it. When I heard it, I thought, oh, geez, what is all this? Because it sounds really fun and exciting yeah. now. So we'll maybe that's a couple more of them things that they're working on that yeah. we don't know about yet. And yeah, maybe at celebration we'll find out what they are. They're certainly working on something that's supposed to be dead, aren't they? I mean, Star Wars. He mm-hmm. tells us always that Star Wars is dead and not popular, but you know, try being try getting a ticket for celebration in Anaheim. You know, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know they sold out in about five minutes and. All the crowds at Galaxy's Edge and all of it, you know, just, you know, it just makes me laugh really at people saying that Star Wars is, you know, you know, unpopular and all that. Just, you know, I think mean, it's getting more popular because other generations are getting, uh, you know, like your family getting involved with it and learning about it, and you know, it's it's a endless cycle, isn't it? Of, you know, parents teaching it to kids and then their kids. Passing it on down. Yep, yep. That's exactly, that's what I've done with all three of my girls. They're maybe not to my level, but they're just as big a geeks about it as I am. And whenever new stories come come out, I go collect them all up and we all go to the theater together to see them. And then come out and, and go on and on and on about it. <laughs> Yep, so yeah. that's that's what I'm doing is passing it down to generations yeah. and then they're going to go and do it too. Yep, certainly. Uh, I have another question for you. Yes, sir. If you could, if you were on a desert island, you could only listen to one podcast, what would it be? Oh, my. <sighs> All right. Let me grab this old iPod here and bring up my playlist. I think between the two of them, there's some I don't have on this one and some I don't have on the one that I'm talking to you on right now. Oh, boy. I might go and say that's fairly unfair, Neil. (laughs) Hmm. I'm probably going to have to go with a long timer that I've been listening to for a long time if I'm going to go with anybody. And that might be Full of Sith. Well, good choice. I think I might, if it's an, only going to be one for till they stop doing it, it's, it's going to be Mike and Holly and Brian. Yeah. 
I met Brian at celebration uh, on the Saturday when they had a podcast meet-up. I chatted him for about, for about 20 minutes. <laughs> really nice guy. Yeah, just, yes, he is. Yeah, I, I did. I have never met him yet, but listening to him for all the years that I have, and I didn't catch them when they first started. That's when Concetta Parker was on with Mike and Brian. Yeah. I've been I've been through all iterations of Full of Set up to here and now. Uh, yeah, I'd probably have to go with them because Mike Pilot's been he's probably one of the first Star Wars podcasters. He's been easily fifteen years. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. So yep, yeah, that would be if I'm going to pick somebody, full of Sith, and then I would just have to go back and for everyday listening, I would just have to re-listen to their entire catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> that's my fault. That's my question. So you know, <laughs> I should have given you more of a choice, but. I'll come on to be nasty and just give you one. So. All right, let me take and do what Johnny Hoey did to Pete Fletcher. And let me turn that question on you. Who are you going to pick? Oh, I'm a sacred Star Wars. I already knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> <coughs> Although, saying that, uh, your philosophy answer was very good. And... Uh, Kanata's Castle as well would mm-hmm. be up there as well as contenders, but I think I'd have to be honest to say I'm a Stevie Star Wars because that's probably been my favourite podcast for for years now, and I, you know, that's that's number one for me always. They are in my list, but every time I t- I tend to send them a voicemail. I never hear it get played. So at least I'm hoping at least that they're just listening and talking amongst themselves afterwards. Because I know they always go and ask for listener input for their their 800 number that they use. But I have yet to hear anybody's voice now on their show. But I, list, I still give them a listen every week nonetheless. And maybe I haven't for as long as you have, but they've been in my playlist for a while. It's certainly the Star Wars podcasting certainly grown, isn't it? From I think uh, you probably count on one hand for how many there were in 2012 to what there are now. I mean, you know, I I get amazed that probably new shows cropping up every week, and you know, it just gets harder and harder to. You know, keep up with everyone, but you know, like you, I have my have my mm-hmm. things, and uh, actually, like you, I've got an older iPod Touch that I have in my car that I uh, listen to my podcast on. But my journey to uh, Star Wars or to journey to work. Yep. Oh, actually, we got uh, another guest on. Uh, we got Rez. I'm. Um... I'm seeing that. Yeah. Can you hear us? I can hear you just fine. There he is. How do you, Rez? Good. How about yourself, sir? Sitting on a very gray Sunday afternoon talking Star Wars with my Star Wars friends. I'm doing well. How are you, Rez? I'm really good. How about yourself? I'm um, good, thank you. Uh, 
Have you got any questions you want to ask, ask us? I'm sure I do. I can't think of one at the moment, but I will come up with something here in a minute. All right, I'll hit you with one. What are your Star Wars in today minus this podcast? <laughs> well. Oh, we lost. Oh. Well, hopefully you come back. We'll see what happens. Do you uh, read any Star Wars comics? Or? That's the, out of all the different formats of Star Wars stories, that was one that I don't follow up on, but I kind of keep up through them stories with folks' shows that covers them and reviews them until Alphabet Squadron come out. And right before it come out, they were talking in the, since Celebration, that it was going to have a crossover with a run called TIE Fighter. Yeah. And I, I knew I was going to get Alphabet Squadron. I, I do the, the novels and the books the same way I do podcasts. Everything is audio. So I went and got a hold of that, and I thought, now I got this story, and there's something tied into it. And that happened to be on Free Comic Book Day, and... My girls got up in the morning and they were asking about his free comic book day. Day, Dad, let's go get some, find out what the free comics are. So we went to three or four different shops. And when we got to the first one, I saw a TIE fighter sitting there and I thought, well, I don't know. Um, so I went ahead and I got it because the only reason that I don't follow the comics is because a lot of the time, and they've done it since the original one, since we was kids, yeah. is th their stories get too fantastical. And for me, they kind of take me out of it. So I, I don't really follow them for that. Like this second Darth Vader run that went on just recent. Some parts of that seem to get, just in my opinion to me, seem to get a little too fantastical. So I thought, well, I'll just listen to Bad Motivators telling me about the story or whoever else is talking about it. Until I got the this one and the Black Spire. Yeah. Just those two are the only current ones or any of them that I follow. So thank you, Alphabet Squadron, for getting me into comics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really... Uh much of the comics uh, I've only got I think I only got the first issue of uh, Star Wars when it came out in 2015 it had the uh, Alex Ross I think did a reproduction of the uh, original Marvel cover for the first Star Wars mm -hmm. that's the only one I ever got and I just didn't really follow comics after that really you know just books wise I I pick and choose my novels. Uh, I have got Alphabet Squadron, but I've got, I've got it on Kindle. Uh, I have got uh, Lost Stars and uh, the Slayer one. Oh, I've forgotten. Uh, Bloodline, that's it. I've uh, got Bloodline. Uh, apart from, I get all the reference books. I get all the visual guides. Uh, mm -hmm. the, art of, the only Art of book I haven't got is Solo. Though. That's the one I haven't picked up, but... 
So I, I like the reference books more than novels, actually. Now, the art of books, any of them, I keep asking myself if I should be getting because the only, as far as in a way, a reference is, yeah, the visual guides and the visual dictionaries. Yeah, I'm sitting here fiddling with a bunch of them right now. I got the one for Solo. I got, I have all of them, basically. And all their original, the very first Star Wars visual dictionary that come out, I think it was 94. And it wasn't done by Pablo Hidalgo. It was done by a fellow by the name of David West Reynolds. Yeah, I've got that one. If you knew. Yeah, that's the very same one I got. Where did it go? Should be right here. Yeah, from yeah, it's right here. And it's starting to come apart. It's that old. Yep. It surprised me after I, re I recently realized that, wait a minute, Pablo never had a hand in this book. Somebody else did it. Yeah, since that very first one, every next one that come out, because they're just so dang neat. There's so much neat, fun stuff in them. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got uh, Rez back again. How are you, Rez? There he is. No, not hearing him, but he says he's connected. I can't hear him either. Oh. Can you hear us, Rez? He might be having some connection issues or audio issues. Yeah. Got a jam transmission. <laughs> there, he's around. Could only one mean, mean one thing invasion. Haha. <laughs> All right, reference books, yeah. Neil. Yeah. Pick one and only one for you to read for the rest of your time. Oh. <laughs> Hope I'm not interrupting. Can you guys hear me yet? I can hear you yet. Yep, hearing you, hearing you. No, sir, you're not interrupting at all. You're joined in. Right. Yeah, I'm having some technical issues. I am not sure what's going on, but I think I'm good to go now. Sounding crystal clear. Excellent. Sounding good. I have a few of those art of dictionaries myself. I may have that original one, uh, 94, 93. That sounds about right. Yeah, I enjoy those too. Yeah. Do you have any of the art of books? Uh, a few of them. Yeah, a few of them. Older ones. I don't have any of the newer ones. I definitely want to get some newer ones. Oh, Ooh, here's... Here's a good question I'm going to take because I was running it around a couple shows this past week or two and kind of picking on Steel Saunders about it, too, is them original radio dramas. Either you used to listen to them? Yes. No. Rez, you haven't. No, that's, no. A that's a recommended by me. And if you want the link, I will hit me up in that Twitterverse with a DM and I will hook you up, sir. You got it. I will do that. They are, they may not be canon, and I was just listening to, what am I in the midst of right now? My Patreon for Blue Harvest, where Steel and Haas sit down 
and talk about the year by year, the Star Wars year by year book. Yes. And they're in the middle of 1976. And Steele got around to asking various different questions. And I'm sitting here wandering around my kitchen listening to him talking. I'm yelling at the radio. I'm like, listen to the radio dramas because your answer for your question is in there. And he still to this day won't find time to go and do it. There's Mandalorian Mark and Jeff Keltz and Pete Neiden and Josh from Jam Transmissions and somebody else was all asking me about and I DM'd all of them the links to that. And Jeff is just over the moon listening to that right now because it is really, really good. So, yes, if you haven't listened to, it's about 13 hours total for Star Wars. It's 13 episodes, 13 half-hour episodes, or four hours. And in Empire is 10 episodes. And if you want to be brave enough to do Return of the Jedi, it's not that great. But worthy of a listen. I certainly remember... Listen to the, the Star Wars radio drama when I was a kid. Uh, used to be on oh, of an evening in, in the UK. Uh, used to be on Radio One, the BBC Radio One. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to watch it. Or, well, actually, listen to it. Uh, yeah, it used to be on during the week every evening. They used to have it on then. Uh, I don't think they ever had the Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. I think all we got was Star Wars. I'm pretty sure. Oh, but you did since since then you did get to hear the other two, did you? Yeah, not? I've got it all. On, okay, I've got them all on the CDs. See, for for us over here, it showed up on the weekends, and it showed up for me since I'm northeast of Pittsburgh. Um, it showed up on WQED, which was known for the channel that started carried Sesame Street and started Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and all those. They had a radio side of that, that TV station, and they known for playing classical music. But it showed up for me in the later evening, and I tripped across it because I was listening to having that original soundtrack album on record. I'd sit and play that and read the liner notes and stuff to it, and it kind of got me interested in listening to classical music, which eventually led to me tripping over the radio dramas so I got my goofy little radio tape recorder and got blank cassettes, and I ended up kind of pirate recording it, the radio dramas for myself, and I'd just go back and re-listen to them till the, the cassette tape started breaking. <laughs> That's how I got a hold of that and listened to them until they released a box set of audio cassettes, and then I went and got a hold of that. And I can remember... I can remember, this will be a spoiler for Rez. Um, and I think I brought it up on Jan Transmissions when they first did their part one, is when we was told in, was it 2014, about Rogue One getting being made, I was in high hopes that some part of what the story was told in the audio drama or radio drama was going to be used, and it weren't, not none of it. But it is still really compelling stuff. Yeah, certainly the first one is really good, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. really, really great listen. You know, just grabs onto you. And uh, Mark Hamill is really great in it. Uh, 
I know he's a Perry King as Han Solo is really great. Oh, he, he was Han Solo, hands down. And what made it even funnier is that afterwards we end up learning that he was in the original running to get the, the part for the film. He didn't get the part, but he read for it. Yeah. I found that really interesting. Yeah. I think mean, I saw and, a very brief clip of him from, from one documentary or something, uh, reading lines for Han Solo. Mm -hmm. yeah. Another neat thing about them is they go and include a lot of the, what we know is the deleted scenes now. Like with Biggs coming back to tell Luke that him and his friends are going to jump ship and join the Rebel Alliance when they're outside a Tashi station and they have that talk. That's included in there. And Leia's interrogation, which is entirely really scary, actually, takes place in there. There's a lot of different things that wasn't included in the film version that's in those, that audio drama. Really good yeah. stuff. I think that layer scene always sort of shook me as a kid, you know, it was really scary, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Kelch just, he DM'd me yesterday while I was sitting and listening to somebody's show, and he was like, I just listened to episode eight of the radio dramas. Holy crap. And I said, yep, I told you so. <laughs> so, uh, Riz, what are you currently... Interesting in Star Wars in a minute. That one's aimed at who? Rez. You still with us, bud? No, nope, he just dropped out. He just dropped out. Oh, well. well, I'll switch that question to you then. Anthony, what Star Wars are you into in a minute? Um, at this point in time on Sunday would be my Blue Harvest Patreon. It's going to be a podcast. <laughs> and whoever else is coming up after that, who's in my playlist next? Star Wars 7x7 I got to do for today. And then Starship Sabres and Scoundrels. That's where I'm currently at in Star Wars for me today. Do you always have a set uh, playlist, or you, do, you have, do you have a shuffle list, or you know just? It's usually it's usually fairly well set, and the uh, the S cubed show that I got is actually from this past Tuesday. It didn't find its way into my playlist on Wednesday, so so there's some of them that might sit for a while that I know I'll carry into the weekend or something. But usually it's whatever it's caught that I got subscribed to and it'll just load them up. And then I start with whatever dropped first yeah. and work my way. It's just ever moving. And I always keep meaning every day to mark down how many I listen to in a day. Cause uh, I can't remember if it was Roku Depot or Micah. One of them two asked me how many I listen to in a week, and I can't keep count. <laughs> I keep losing track of keeping count. And I, w I would like to actually be able to answer that question, even just for my own self. Yeah. 
because now I do wonder how many do I listen to in a week because I know it's a lot and it goes just like um, who asked me that beyond the outer rim John John and Ross Ross hit me in that Twitter version he's like how do you do that or no he asked it on a show so I answered him in a voicemail I went and told him I'm like it's it's pretty straightforward Ross I get up in the morning and I come out and I put one on and then I say who I'm who's sitting down with me for breakfast and then it's usually one show there and part of one will go to work ride to work with me I get a half hour ride to work and then that's who I listen to on the way to work and then who starts my work day whichever first three or four or five shows I'll put them all up and then who's sitting with me when it's lunchtime who rode home with from work with me yeah and then who's sitting in the kitchen with me after I'm home from work and that's Monday through Sunday yeah I'm usually on a shift work, so my either my morning is uh, six a.m. to about half past twelve lunchtime, or one o'clock p.m. to about nine o'clock p.m. So it's either a morning I'll be listening to podcasts or uh, an afternoon, and that's probably the afternoons will be twice a week, and of weekends mostly. Uh, I sometimes work some weekends, but mostly. Uh, usually free, so usually podcasts are on then. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate at my work. I, I'm, I'm a warehouse worker, so I work in a warehouse, putting, putting in a flooring company of all places. So I put put together flooring displays that go out to, to folks to put up displays for this is what the flooring looks like that you can go by. So I'm always putting stuff on pallets and wrapping and strapping them all up and get on a forklift and cart them all down to shipping. So that's about the only time I can't listen to when I'm driving a forklift. But other than that, I'm fortunate enough to have one earbud in my ear all day long. And when I'm not doing that, I'm helping other folks doing other things that I can just bounce show after show after show. Do you ever go back to past shows like catch up on older episodes, you know, to the ones that you've enjoyed or something? I mean to do that, but lately the only ones that I have done that with are some of the newer shows that started that are only like 10 or 11 episodes deep. Yeah. Yeah, because I want to I hear what they got to say about why, why they decided to jump into this big wide thing that all these other shows are in and what made them want to start and what's the folks making them, what's their fandom like. So that way I can get the understand them which then gives me cause to go and send them voice messages once i understand get to know kind of who they are and what they're about and what they like what they want to talk about yeah i this morning i was listening to an old episode of uh force toast with uh laura and alice i think that's mm -hmm. and your voicemail came up came up on that end of the episode <laughs> they, were, they were just sounding really chuffed about getting voicemail from you. I remember when they just come out this year, they just started back in, what was it, February or something? Yeah, when they come out, yep, I, I picked them up and run them all over the place, and they had a lot of help, weren't just for me, because Jason Ward started. He said, there's these girls doing the show. You ought to give them a listen. That's what got me to them was because Jason put up in the Twitterverse. And everybody that does them shows is the sole reason why I'm in that Twitterverse. 
because I can remember years, years before when folks was all going on about social media and such, I didn't want nothing to do with it. I thought there's everything sounds so what I call momentary folks. They just go on things about things that's happening in that moment. And then the next moment they go and go on about another thing. And that's how I always seen how I took social media and I didn't want nothing to do with any of that. So then I found Star Wars News Net has message boards, like the old ones, like the Force.net used to have. Yeah. You remember them? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was in those for a while, and that was fun. And it was the same kind of thing that goes on in social media that went on in them 20 years ago. People would get sideways and silly, stupid over a, a momentary thing, and then a whole lot of other folks would kind of get along and talk about fun stuff. Yeah, it was the same thing, only without – being instantaneous like Twitter and Facebook and such is now. So I was in, in NewsNest message boards for a while and had already been listening to shows for quite a few years and started asking the people in there, does anybody listen to Star Wars podcast? And there's like, they got maybe seven or 8,000 different members and to a person, not a one of them, now I don't listen to that kind of stuff. And that's all I wanted to talk about was all these things I hear on these shows that folks go and talk about, but they didn't want to talk about that. And that's what got me to thinking is then I started sending emails to different shows. It wouldn't always get read. Yeah. And that's mostly because if you see just like in the Twitter verse, some everybody gets kind of where I come from because I take and learned. I pretty much write the same way I talk is I got an Appalachian accent. Yeah. So I just put that into writing because that's how I talk. And maybe they wouldn't read me because they didn't know how to do. And some of them does like I'll send one to Blue Harvest and Hawes can read me dead on, which I find hilarious. <laughs> and it, Scotty J. Rowe tried it once, read me in the Twitterverse and he couldn't do it. And I said, well, that's because you're from Louisiana, <laughs> but he don't he don't have a southern accent. I don't understand how that is, but I find that kind of funny. Then I got thinking, all right, they're not reading me, but they're they're acknowledging that I sent them. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I want to interact with these people. Same reason that Johnny Grosso has got a podcast is because he loved listening to all these shows and he wanted to be a part of it. So that's what he did. He, he yeah. would send emails in, emails into making, po now this is podcasting, and Randy would read them. And then we end up, a couple years later, actually hear what Johnny really sounds like. Yeah. And I thought, that's me. I want to I interact with these folks. And... Nobody's in the news net message board, so how do I do this? And then I just threw it all in, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm going to try that way. So last August, that's what I did. And now I'm talking with all the folks that I listen to, and it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, I was just like Johnny, really. I was listening to a lot of podcasts, and I got the itch to wanted to do my own one and I was having real trouble trying to find a an app or something to do podcasts and suddenly I found Anchor and it was really 
really easy to do. You know, I'm not really much of a technophile. So, you know, that was really up my street, really, for podcasting. And, you know, uh, it's, still, it's still always a learning experience for me because, you know, you know, I'm not as prolific as putting episodes out as most of the others, but, you know, I'm, I'm only into my probably about my 30th, have 34 episodes now, I think this is now. Uh, so, yeah, yep. still, still learning. And, uh, you know, I'm really enjoying it, though. And, you know, and always great to have a great guest on like you. And, you know. I'm around. Anytime you want to talk, you just hit me with the DM and say, say when. And we're a go. I, I did the same thing with Jeff Fishbach. He does uh, the Blue Milk Cafe. Yeah. I sent I sent him his first voicemail. With, he he messaged me back and he was like, "I was not expecting that. Thank you." And I'm like, "Well, thank you for having a show that you do for me to send you one. Because if you don't do the show, I can't send you one." Yeah. Right. Which to me, that's just it goes right back around that big old loop. It's all us being all together in this. Yeah. Well, I think that's certainly. I think it rounds it out really. Uh, you know, I've really enjoyed chatting with you, and uh, certainly I'll get in touch again, and you can be on the show again. And, you know, thank you, Anthony, for being on Cloud Car Cobalt. Thank you, thank you, Neil, very kindly for having me. You're welcome. Uh, and I will see you, sir, in that Twitterverse. Certainly. Uh, I'll certainly be posting this episode, hopefully later on today or at least tomorrow morning. Okay. Very good. And I will also see you in my playlist, sir. Yeah. yeah. Have a good rest of your Sunday. Yes, sir. May the force be with you, Neil. I'm with you, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. Certainly had a great chat with Rural Farm Boy there. Yeah. Really honoured for him to be on my podcast. He certainly does support a lot of great Star Wars podcasts. And certainly I'm very honoured to be on amongst... One of them we just support. Well, that's it for this Cloud Car Pilot episode. Really great. Long episode here, and hopefully, some more great episodes to come in the future. May the force be with you.